So he neglected to mention to you that there would be two or three feet of this snow piled up for weeks on end. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. My guest today is Charmaine with Lemontine Macarons. Did I say it right today, please? Yes, yeah. yes. Hey, Charmaine, <laughs> please introduce yourself. And your, your company is based out of Roslyn, Washington, the booming, thriving tourist destination of Roslyn, Washington. How did you end up? How did you end up there? Let's start um, with that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Uh, my parents moved to the United States um, just before the Gulf War. They were living in Kuwait, uh, and so uh, we grew up in Miami. Um, it's a very different from Washington. Um, so, <laughs> just a, just a little. <laughs> so how I ended up in um, Roslyn is uh, obviously my husband is from here. So he's the true Roslyn mountain man who loves, who has a big beard and loves chopping wood and fires. But um, <laughs> we, so I guess to start, so I grew up in Miami and um, I grew up a very religious home. So um, there, so when you're in a religious um, community, there's something called Bible college. So you go mm-hmm. to Bible college um, because they tell you that uh, public college is bad. Why would you go there? So you go to Bible college. So I went to Bible college in the Bay Area in um, oh. Santa Clara, California. And um and so in our little religious community, um, it, you know, you think it's so big, but it is actually really small compared to the United States. So I met my husband through Bible college. Okay. Um, we were friends for a while and then, um, and it's so funny cause, uh, when we were dating, I said, you know, um, I'm not moving to Roslyn, like if we're not married, <laughs> Just because um, I didn't know anybody. I I actually didn't really know what to expect of Washington State. The only thing I knew about Washington was Seattle and Tacoma. And I didn't like either of those. (laughs) So Roslyn is a very different kind of um, vibe from what I have seen just visiting Washington like one time before I met my husband. And so uh, we met, we got, we actually got married in um, City Hall in San Francisco and he's like, I want to move back to my home, hometown, Roslyn, Washington. Um, and he was saying he grew up there. He has like five generations of family in Roslyn. Um, and he just loves it. And um, yeah, so I was like, okay, well, this is it. We're going to, I'm moving to Roslyn from the city. And I was telling my husband, okay, so like how many people are in Roslyn? He's, and at the time he's like, oh, there's only like 800 people. I'm like, 800 people? (laughs) 
Um, and so it was like very, um, a very culture shock for me, um, especially because Roslyn is, yeah, it is smack in the middle of Washington. So everything is very far. So if you want to go to Costco, you have to drive an hour probably to Issaquah or an hour to Yakima or like an hour and a half hour and a half to Wenatchee so we're just kind of like smack in the middle and so um there was a lot of things that really just shocked me living there um it's not that I didn't like it uh and I think at the time when I moved to Roslyn I didn't love it just because I it it was really difficult for me to adjust especially the weather Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone's been to Roslyn, but it snows a lot just because we have higher elevation than um, a lot of the cities. And so that was really shocking because I did not know anything about snow. I didn't know any. I didn't know you had to buy snow boots. I didn't know you had to buy. I thought you had to buy like a Michael Kors winter jacket and that will keep you warm. Um, And so a lot of the stuff my husband had to buy me like hiking boots and stuff because I. I was very like unsure how to live in Roslyn. So So he neglected to mention to you that there would be two or three feet of this snow piled up for weeks on end. Yeah. Basically left that out. (laughs) I know. And it's just really crazy. So every time I, my, my family's from California and from Miami, I tell them, I'm like, don't come in the winter. It's so cold here. I don't wish anybody to come here. Uh, but it is beautiful, I would say, and um, I, I love Roslyn. Uh, everyone here is so kind and um, so nice, and um, especially like community oriented, which I find so. Um, I, I just find I just find so I'm just so impressed that everyone is um, who lives here is very helpful to each other. Okay. So, how long have you been living in Roslyn? So we've lived in Roslyn, um, and the whole point of moving to Roslyn is because my husband is a wildland firefighter. So okay. he needed to go back, do his seasonal uh, job and stuff, and we bought a house here. Um, so we lived here for about six years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little different, isn't it? From, <laughs> from, from even the, the Bay Area, it's, it's just very different. And, you know, when we talked on the phone and you, you, know, you said, oh, I'm from Miami, and I was just like, you know, I'm like, that's not a common thing to go. I'm from Miami and I'm living in Roslyn, Washington. Um, yeah, interesting story. But you met you met him in California. All right. So you've acclimated. Your Michael Kors jacket has been retired. You're not wearing that during winter because you need one of those, you know, North Face or mm-hmm. Mountain Hardware or REI or something. Yeah. Maybe two of them at times. It gets, yes. it gets chilly. Boots. Yeah. What? So you went to college. What? What was your? What did you think your plan would be after college? Had you not met your husband, what was kind of the roadmap going to look like for you? Um, so after school, I graduated with my music ed degree, um, and then I after uh, after that I was just um, also teaching preschool, and I I wasn't really sure. I, I knew I wanted to live in California. I knew I didn't want to live in Miami. Um, and I know uh, my sister was living in California too. So we were together and um, we only lived 10 minutes away from each other. And I, I, I really enjoyed the Bay area. I, I do enjoy Miami. I just don't want to live there. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I like the, 
if if anybody is from Miami, they they know that Miami has a different culture, it has a different vibe. Uh, it's mm-hmm. very um, Latin American, Caribbean, um, just like this melting pot of South American countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't want to live there. And and I just. I think just because like I just enjoyed California, I enjoyed going to the mountains or I, enjoy, I just enjoyed so much of that. And um, I'm trying to think, I'm sorry. Uh, so sorry. What was the question again? Oh well, my just, goodness. Yeah, what you were going to do prior to meeting. <laughs> oh you, yes. What was, what was the roadmap? Yes. The roadmap was just going to be like, I was just going to teach and okay. um, uh, I was just going to teach and, just go on and enjoy my twenties. <laughs> okay. That's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you moved to Roslyn. When did, when did the inspiration for lemon time hit you? So uh, when I was in my early twenties, uh, I always just loved the fact of a macaron. I don't mm-hmm. know why, uh, they were just so pretty. Um, when I moved to Roslyn, um, I was extremely depressed because, uh, one, I didn't know that you can get depressed when it's winter because <laughs> there's like not as much sun and I'm a sun person. Um, two, um, there, for some reason, um, in Kittitas County, there's not many jobs, um, and which was, I was struggling to find because I moved here for my husband and I love my husband so much. And, um, that was the big thing. Like I wanted to teach, I wanted to keep going, but I couldn't cause they just, I would get rejection letters and then like, um, I couldn't teach and that's what I wanted to do, but no one wanted to hire me. So I think, um, the first year we moved here, I was really depressed cause my husband was always gone going out on fires. You know, um, if anybody knows what a wildland firefighter does, um, they just randomly leave in the summer and for like two weeks, sometimes they're in the middle of the forest. They don't talk to you. That's it. So uh, it was a very lonely <laughs> experience. And so what inspired me was like, okay, first year, super depressed. Like I hate it here. But second year, I'm like, okay, you know what? If I can't teach, which I love doing, I'm going to do something else that I love. Um, okay. And that's baking. And that's kind of how it started. Um, because I, I kind of just was like, pull yourself together. <laughs> you're you're staying here we bought a house um you know the next year my husband just leaves randomly i'm gonna like pour my heart and soul into what i'm passionate about um so that's pretty much how it started why did you settle on macarons um i mean you, you said they were pretty but um i think and they uh, are by the way just just I was so one spring I was so determined to like get the macarons like to how I wanted them and I had so many broken ones and I would be practicing in the spring and I think it was like more of like the challenge of like oh this is such a time consuming a hard cookie to make like (laughs) and the fact that you overcome that and you know people tell you how hard and time consuming it is and expensive because it is made out of almond flour is kind of like was kind of like the challenge like it's not only pretty it's very even though it's very time consuming to make um you can make them Mm -hmm. so i think it was more of like the challenge that i liked so yeah 
how did you, when did you decide, and well, how did you bring them to market? What was the, did you start at the food, at the farmer's market or did the tr- food truck come, the food trailer? Uh-huh. Um, what, what came first? So, yeah, um, in Roslyn, uh, we do have a Roslyn farmer's market, which a ton of tourists come to. Um, it's an amazing market. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to start my business in the farmer's market in the middle of July. So I had no idea how to even do that. So my business um, neighbor now, she has a soap shop. And she's like, well, the first things you do is just get a business license and a food license and just put your table out there and it doesn't have to look perfect. You just need to get your product out there. And that's pretty much what I did. And I kind of just followed her advice. And I always tell her, like, you're the one that helped me, <laughs> even though it's such simple words. Um, it really it really did. She really did help me because I had no idea how to start a business at all. Well, it's super easy. Everything is perfect. There's no problems. There's never any challenges. State of Washington walks you through. They hold your hand. They tell you you need this. Of course they do. Yeah. Said no business owner ever. What was it like at the farmer's market at first? Um, it was fun. Uh, it was so funny because, um, Actually, prior to the farmer's market, I did have one event that start that I um, that I did. And it was like it was like a market, basically. And the booth was $50. And for four hours, I only made $50 back. (laughs) So that was my first market ever. And that wasn't at the farmer's market, but it was like nearby. And I was like, should I even be doing this? Um, the farmer's market was pretty fun. I, looking back, I just remember, um, I just remember how awesome it was to make like $300. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I made such big bank. Like I made $300 in four hours. I was like, this is so exciting. And then now that like, I look at my sales now, I'm like, man, I just remember I got so excited over $300. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was really awesome. A lot of, um, a lot of locals would come by and, and they have watched me start from now to where I am today, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. which is so um, enjoyable. And so, so I'm proud of that. Well, let me ask you this. So you, the farmer's market, you made $300, as you said, yeah. made big bank, yeah. $300. And it was in four hours, right? Yes. Okay. How many hours of prep and baking time I know. to make, to make those products? So when we first started making it, I had a cottage food license. And if anyone doesn't know what that is, that is um, where you can bake from home. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you bake from home, it it is very, um, when you present your product, you have to wrap each and every one of the macarons too. So you have to bake the macarons or no, you have to pipe them and then you have to dry them. They need to form a skin and then you need to bake them. And then it's not like my oven is like this commercial oven, you know? So I could only put maybe one to two trays at a time. And so it's a lot of work and I don't remember exactly how long it would take me, but I think, um, you know, we would only, 
pull out probably I what whatever I can do was just probably like one to two hundred macarons each market, um, just because uh, they are so time consuming and you need a lot of pans and I didn't have the equipment that I needed or that I have now today because right, we right. bake out of a commercial kitchen now. Thank God. So, so is the commercial kitchen is the commercial? Gosh, cannot talk. Is the kitchen in Roslyn? <laughs> Uh, no, actually. So I rent a commercial kitchen, um, from a coffee company in Cleelum. She lets me rent it and she's, uh, she's been letting me do this, uh, for probably about two or three years. And, uh, so I rent in there. Um, they have a huge, um, convection oven, which I love. They have, um, uh, the baking stand pans mm-hmm. to like cool your baked goods and stuff in a huge um, kitchen aid mixer. So it, or commercial uh, mixer. So it's just been very nice and like a step up to like make more. <laughs> what coffee company in Cleelum is um, allowing you? Her name, uh, the coffee company is Cleelum Coffee and Eats. It's actually right next to a Tesla station. So whoever owns a Tesla, they'll see and they could uh, get coffee or in the middle of the night, they have like a code where they can go to the bathroom and stuff. Like if they're, if they're not there for like open hours and stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) I think it's funny that there's a Tesla station in Cleelum. Yeah, I, but it makes sense though. No, it what? does. It does. But what I, the first time I saw a Tesla station was in Aberdeen. Have you been to Aberdeen? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Okay. Well, oh Aberdeen no, is, actually I have. And it, it that is a very random place to have a Tesla. Yeah, I was driving through Aberdeen, and here's these here's these Tesla charging stations, and I just kind of went what? And I took a picture of it just because it seemed weird to me. And yeah. then I see this one in Cleelum, and I'm like, huh? But then it does make sense because. If you're on your way to or from Seattle and you forgot to charge or, you know, whatever, you're coming from Spokane and you need to top off to go over the hill or vice versa, it does make sense. But um, anyway, I, yeah, I just thought it was odd. Yeah. So you've got the commercial kitchen set up. That's, that's cool. Cause that you're right. Um, I couldn't imagine, you know, using your, your home oven. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, two, two trays at a time tops. And then, um, yeah. Okay. This food, do you want to call it a truck? You want to call it a trailer? What do we want to call it? Oh, you know what? I just call it a coffee bakery trailer. It's not, okay. That's all I call it. It doesn't right. really matter what you call it. Yeah. When did that, when did you open that? So we just opened that, um, okay. in, um, in August, of uh 2021 uh i think because so roslyn is a very historic town and um anybody who visits probably knows that um and so because this is a historic town a lot of the buildings are really old so it's really hard to just have a storefront or especially like a storefront with food or a kitchen um Mm -hmm. because um since the buildings are so old, uh, they uh, sometimes uh, the previous owners haven't updated it. So they're kind of like falling apart, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of why I have the trailer. Something okay. like of my own, something like of the storefront. A lot, easy, a lot easier to do that than to retrofit an old brick building from the 1800s. Yeah, then you have to invest a lot of money in. <laughs> right, right. 
did you did you build the trailer or was this because when i look at the photographs of it it's i i like the way it's set up you know so like was that custom made for you or did you how how'd the trailer come about so the trailer uh i did extensive research on instagram because i am just like an instagram queen and um i found my contractor through a hashtag um that said coffee trailer um and i messaged him and i and he he makes uh he's from vancouver washington um his name is russ and he's extremely um wonderful to work with um and I'm actually getting our trailer updated by him uh, next week because he's going to install an air conditioner unit in there. Okay. Um, but I found him through a hashtag. He does custom coffee trailers or just custom trailers in general, specifically coffee trailers. And um, he basically took me through the whole process Um and I just told him what I wanted. And I told him that at first we had this vintage trailer, but then mm-hmm. it fell apart. <laughs> so I spent like, I invested some in that. And then he was like, why don't we go to the regular trailer route? And I told him, I'm like, I just don't want it to look like a regular trailer in the front. So I asked him if he could just put wood on it. So basically I just told him what I wanted. And then, you know, he obviously put a lot of input into it and, he really executed it well and it works amazing so you've got a display cabinet you know below the end yeah so how do you trout i mean does that got does that have something that covers over it when you're moving it from point a to point b um well they well he well it's really nice because he custom built that specifically like okay which is awesome um in terms of um uh you mean like how do we travel with it? Yeah, I mean like, if you're gonna if you're gonna let's say you're gonna take it from Roslyn and go to the to, to Wenatchee, you're gonna bring it here to Wenatchee because mm-hmm. you know that display case there, that glass and all that, you wouldn't want that exposed, I don't think, while you're driving down the road. So is um, there something that comes over, or is it? It's just like that. Um, okay. It it just I guess, but like we take out because um, so the display case uh, we put baking trays in, so we take mm-hmm. those out, and um, so we don't usually cover it. But also, we don't really move the trailer either. Sure. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, when we talked on the phone, and this is this is now this gets into my wheelhouse. We were talking coffee because I talk coffee with everybody that can talk coffee. Mm. You're doing coffee a little differently than what we see typically here, in, especially in Roslyn, but in Washington State. Miami, yeah. Miami influence? What? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we serve uh, Cuban coffee, which um, growing up in Miami, you go to the window and you, you order yourself a Cuban coffee. Um, there are, uh, so Cuban coffee essentially is, um, just sugar and coffee and it's the way it's made. So, um, for example, um, when the first couple drops of espresso, uh, touch the white sugar, you mix it into a paste very vigorously. And then after it becomes this light colored paste, then you add the rest of your espresso and that's how. So how do you stop pulling the shot at that point? I mean, how do you. So you've got a couple of drops in and you're mixing it up. How do you stop the, 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 well, the shot? The, so what, for example, for what I do, I just get a little bit from the beginning of the shot. And then there's mm-hmm. another um, two-ounce shot in the bottom. 
Okay. And so we kind of just like wait till the rest of the shot comes in and then we mix it okay. all together. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, and people, um, people love it, which I was actually really shocked because I was like, no one from Washington's going to like sweet coffee. They all, you know, they all like, you know, non-sweet coffee, but surprisingly a lot of people are so intrigued and um, they do really like it. And they're like, what do you put in it? And I'm like, just white sugar. That's all it is. <laughs> so I'm reading here, you know, you've got, you know, Cuban coffee is, is, is sweet and espresso, but then you also have, is it a colada? Yeah. So there are four types of Cuban coffee. They all have the okay. same base, which is espresso and sugar. Uh, the first one is um, um, like cafecito, which is basically an espresso, just sweetened. The second okay. one is um, a cortadito. A cortadito is basically like a short latte. So you have espresso and just a little bit of milk. And that's one of my favorites when I go back home. I always order mm -hmm. a cortadito. Um, the third one is a cafe con leche. Same base, just milk. It's like a latte, but mm -hmm. uh, Cuban style. <coughs> the last one is basically the culture of Miami, a colada. So uh, not colada, but colada. Um, colada. Yeah. Colada is, um, so it's a very, it's like the cafecito. It's very powerful. It comes in a small foam cup and um, it, ha it just has espresso and sugar. And so we serve it in this small little cup and people are like, oh my God, it's just like this small little cup. I can drink it myself, but it's very strong and sweet. So what we do is we serve this little cup. And then we have tiny plastic um, little shot cups, very tiny. And so colada is like a social coffee. So let's say you go to the office and you're like, hey, who wants like a pick me up? Who wants? Um, and so you get this little styrofoam cup, you pour it into the little shots and you drink it like a shot. And it is I'm so gonna good. I'm going to just try one by myself. You do. And I'm, you would just I'm love it. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be social and share. I'm just gonna six ounces. Okay. I got this. Yeah, and then if you go to Miami and you order that, they will look at you very weird because they'd be like, "This is not your regular coffee." But people do drink colada by themselves. But if they see someone and they don't really know, you know, they they are aware that a person doesn't know what they're getting into because they they give you extra little shot cups. Um, mm -hmm. for that but it's a it's a very strong coffee and i could probably drink like probably little four little shot cups of it and it and it's just um it's just like the culture you know it's a it, it's uh it's what miami is about which is like coffee and socializing so so you're getting your coffee from cloud city coffee yes and we love it so much why did you pick cloud city so we picked cloud city uh so not a lot of people know what Cuban coffee is. So um, I wanted to pick somebody that knew kind of our vision. And also, um, I, personally, I, I'm not a coffee connoisseur at all. I just like Cuban coffee <laughs> and sweet okay. coffee. But I wanted to pair something. Like, I definitely didn't want to pair Cuban coffee with, like, a almost like a maybe like a, a fruity coffee type note like they had like more they had like of a medium roast with um because we usually use their medium roast which i love and um it has like notes of like chocolate and graham cracker and marshmallow 
And so um, she sent me some um, coffee for me to try. And I just I just really loved it. And I, I loved how um, it was so mellow. And it was, uh, I don't know, I just really loved the taste. And so and she roasts it for us every week. And she's very knowledgeable. So I'll ask her random questions like, um, the other day I asked her, I said, well, I went to this coffee shop and their coffee like left like this like sour taste in my mouth. And why is that? Or how, how, you know, what causes that? And, you know, she just explained to me, um, because I'm a baker, I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> I try to educate, but if we're going to have a good product on our trailer, we need to have a, you know, we need to, mm-hmm. we need to make the coffee right. So she was saying like, they're probably under extracting it. Um, maybe they don't have, maybe it's a lighter roast. So yeah, um, I okay. really, I really enjoy working with them. We'll keep geeking out on coffee here for a second. So for Cuban coffee, how long of a shot are you pulling typically? Um, It's about the same. Is it about the same? Yeah, it's about the same. Um, So it's not like, I guess more of it when the way it's made is like mixing the sugar, (laughs) basically. Um, And I feel bad. I'm sorry. Is this just straight? Um. Normal sugar, or is it a? Yeah, it's just sugar. (laughs) It's not organic sugar because you Uh, have to. Is is there a Cuban sugar that goes with this? Okay, no, no, of course you don't know. But it's funny because you know it's not like we use organic sugar because it won't dissolve well if you just use like organic brown sugar. You need to use uh, white sugar. So yeah, and it's funny because if you ever visit Miami, you'll see like they have a huge, like a huge bowl of just white sugar. Just table sugar. (laughs) Right. Yeah, just table sugar. CNH, yeah, just okay. okay. Yeah, it's it, it's it's awesome. You also doing matcha and tea? Yes. Black sesame honey matcha. Oh my god, that's actually one of my favorites. Um, so in uh, Roslyn, they don't do a lot of matcha. No one really does. And sometimes when you go to like, like in central Washington specifically, there's, there's not really a lot of matcha places and, Mm -mm. you know, besides we have some Starbucks, but, um, they use, uh, pre-sweetened matcha and I don't Mm -hmm. like pre-sweetened stuff. I'd rather add to (laughs) the sweetness than take away. Um, and so, uh, our matcha, we usually, uh, we, we buy it from Tenzo. Uh, they're pretty good and they're really good at customer service. If anyone wants to buy a uh, matcha from them, they're awesome. Uh, and um, so the black sesame matcha is basically just a matcha shot. So a matcha shot would just be like um, some matcha and two ounces of hot water, um, some milk. And then we actually um, put matcha, um, a black sesame paste in there. So okay. it, it has this taste of like, this roasted sesame and it's one of my favorite drinks. I always say everything's my favorite drink, but this is one of my favorite drinks. So I love it. I'm, is it halo, halo or hollow, hollow? It's hollow, hollow. Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, hollow, hollow <laughs> is amazing. And I grew up and whoever's Filipino, um, they know what hollow, hollow is. So we make hollow, hollow on our trailer. It is very time consuming to make because hollow, hollow has a lot of different, um, 
it's almost like so it's not really a drink it's more like a dessert okay so hollow hollow is like a fruit salad in there with like evaporated milk condensed milk um roasted um uh or roasted or toasted um rice almost like okay. rice krispies but it's not rice krispies um but basically like rice krispies um halo halo is a staple in the philippines because i'm filipino and so okay. i always tell people the trailer is my childhood so basically this is why we have cuban coffee and like filipino stuff on there because it's just everything i grew up in in a trailer so um halo halo uh a lot of people in the philippines will drink it and it and the original hollow hollow involves like shaved ice, um, evaporated milk, condensed milk. Um, there's something called ube, which is a purple yam. So we make ube halaya, which is a purple yam jam. Um, there's um, beans in there. Um, there's coconut. There's coconut jelly. So it's like the, all these wonderful, beautiful textures molded in this one dessert. Uh, and it, it and it's such a beautiful dessert. We I always tell people like we don't make the original one, but we make it uh, we make it our version. But I make sure it tastes like how it tastes like when I was a kid, how my mom would make it. And uh, it, it's a very and people will still order it in the winter or in the spring just because um, we get a lot of Filipino tourists from Seattle and they just get so shocked that there's this like Filipino trailer <laughs> in Roslyn serving hollow hollow in the summer. And um, I know it's time consuming to make, but it is so worth it because it, it, it's just like this beautiful drink or dessert. And um, so, yeah, you should definitely try it sometime. It's it's very um, for me, it's nostalgic. Because my mom okay. would always make it for me as a kid, and um, I'm like, I what? So it just it tastes so good, and whoever hasn't had it should try it. <laughs> okay. so, so you're saying it? Oh, okay, that actually sounds quite interesting. So you're also saying the ube is a purple yam. Yes. So Filipinos use ube as um, a dessert, um, kind of like our sweet potato pie, except ube is like ten times better. <laughs> And, well, um, <laughs> I don't like sweet potatoes, so ten times better than not liking it. You know, I'm still not gonna. You know, yeah. that's just me. So I tease, but oh, it's okay. My wife loves sweet potatoes. I'm just like, I just, I don't just like don't. sweet potatoes either. I don't like get the them. orange ones. But so this is a purple root vegetable, right? Yes, and usually okay. Filipinos will mix it with condensed milk and evaporated milk and sugar. And then they use that as like a filling. They use it as a jam um, and or they use it as a flavor for ice cream. There's ube ice cream and it's purple. And the reason why people just are obsessed with this flavor because ube has this like vanilla nutty nutty flavor is because the color is just so beautiful and um, so attractive. Um, so, yeah. Does the local corner grocery store in Cleom carry <laughs> Ubi? <laughs> no, they Does don't. Does the Safeway in Cleom have it? I mean, so where are you sourcing this from? The Ube, so I so a lot of our source, um, like such as like Ube Jam, I have to go to the west side and buy it. Okay. I mean, you know, um, the people that come on like the food distributor truck, they're not going to know what I'm talking about <laughs> because no. it's a very um, Asian thing. So I'll go to the west side. Or order some, or I'll make some, um, um, sometimes I'll make some myself. I don't do that a lot because it's hard to get access to ube. Because um, 
um, the purple yam is normally grown in tropical places. Um, okay. Usually, I don't, I don't really know if you can grow it in Washington State. So, uh, so yeah, I normally just buy all that stuff at the Filipino grocery store, and I know okay. it's not wholesale, but like I'm like, but I have to have this on this on my trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a must, yeah. All right, and so this is another another. Watch Scott Butcher pronunciation. It's okay. Don't worry. You're fine. Calamansi? Calamansi. Oh, my God. So Did I say it right? You did. Congratulations. Okay, so what on earth is calamansi? And Cal- why, is it, why is it in lemonade? Um, so calamansi is... Uh, another childhood favorite of mine uh we you could you could actually grow it in washington i think on the uh, west side um but it's normally grown in tropical places so calamansi is a mix between a lemon and a lime okay oh yeah and it's like the lemonade of the philippines they are they look like little either they look orange like little tiny oranges or they they're also green as well and um we usually use it as like basically like a lemonade right so we you use it like to uh you know uh for flavor for your food you use it as a drink um i specifically had calamansi lemonade because um i guess again the nostalgic feels of like my childhood um and it's very unique uh flavor and it's it's very good very very good all right, so this is the part of the show where I'm going to poke fun at you. Okay. Kind of. <laughs> these are not, these all sound great, first off. They all sound like I'm going to be checking these out. And I have this outdated preconceived notion about Roslyn, Washington from when I went to college in Ellensburg and we went to Roslyn and it was just this little, it was not doing well at that time. And, um, you know, Northern Exposure, did you ever have you watched that TV show because it was filmed there? <laughs> I haven't that, watched it, but I heard about it. <laughs> okay, so that at the time that that show was being filmed there is kind of when Roslyn, probably the last time I'd been in town. For, no, I've been there since then. But the point is, is pre Northern Exposure, Roslyn wasn't exactly an adventuresome place for food. If you went to the, was it the Brick Tavern that's in town there? Oh my right. gosh, okay. yes. So the yeah, brick. the Brick, the, the, if you were going to be adventuresome and have a beer there, it would be, you know, PBR. Um, it, I kid. But it's not someplace you think of as a culinary um, destination. Yes. And you're trying Cuban coffee, you've got Filipino desserts, macarons. How was this? How much education of the locals have you had to do? Oh, you know, a lot. And um and I and I still do. Even, you know, people from Seattle will come and, you know, they, they want to try and stuff. And and I think that's the point, right? Um it, I knew that we were gonna answer a lot of questions. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't care how many times I have to repeat it. Um because I want people to know. And the reason why I don't mind educating them is because I grew up in Miami. Like we ate Colombian food, we ate Cuban food, we ate, and I know all these different kinds of foods, even in the Bay Area, same thing, Korean, Indian, Vietnamese, uh, Japanese, um, Indonesian and stuff. And so uh, I think 
that is also when people come by the trailer and they're asking these questions and we don't mind answering the questions it, it's it's fun educating people introducing okay. them to something that they haven't seen before maybe or maybe they saw it on a tiktok or something like that so yeah <laughs> no and i think it's great i mean i'm just but it's not just i i'm kidding but it's not folgers coffee it's it's <laughs> it's not a it's not a old-fashioned donut yes it's, it's you know a little bit different than that and if I'm offending anybody that lives in Roslyn, I apologize. I'm kind of kidding, folks. Don't take me too seriously. <laughs> You're located at 118 West Pennsylvania Avenue. Mm -hmm. What's that next to? Um, it is next to, um, so we have um, Roslyn Soap Company. She mm -hmm. is a small business, and um, she's the one that actually helped me start my business. Um, she she makes like handmade soaps, bath bombs, um, bath salts. Um, the other day, she gave me um, mother's balm for my tattoos. <laughs> um, she no. she's awesome, uh, and we actually work really well together in terms of like, hey, like you should go to her, her soap shop or you should go to her coffee trailer. Um, the other two stores next to me, there's one called Ten Thousand Villages. And I think uh, they're items that people from other countries uh, make. Um, I think they, they have one in Seattle, but she's there next to me. And right next to them is uh, Sicily's, the original. Have you watched the show? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm pretty sure that's from the show and he kept it the way it was. Yes, <laughs> the yes. blue building. <laughs> yes, yes, the blue building. Yes, okay. yes so we have that. And the, those are kind of what's next to me in the post office, of course. So and the post office, okay. <laughs> let's let's go back. Let's talk macarons. I didn't realize they were gluten free. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Is there a flavor difference when they're depending on the color? No. Or is it, is it okay? Yeah. So they're are they gonna are the are the orange ones going to taste the same as the yellow ones? I'm looking at a photo here where I see kind of a pastel green, yellow, orange, lavender, and a couple more oranges. So Yeah, so I always tell a lot of my wedding clients, I'm like, you know, you can have whatever flavor you want in any color. So macarons, their shell is, um, they're all the same. Almond flour, powdered sugar, and egg whites. And then we okay. just put uh, food dye. And then it's the, the flavor in the middle is what, you know what the flavor comes out to which is awesome so you don't have to like add a flavor to the shell which me probably couldn't even taste it so for example if someone had a wedding and they're like oh my god like my colors are navy blue and white but i want lemon <laughs> so we could put like a lemon filling in this old navy blue macaron and um that's 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 so nice that macarons are so versatile like that so yeah what's your favorite Oh, I have so many. And I keep saying <laughs> I have so many. Um, but actually, um, we make this very unique one that my husband loves and everybody loves them. Um, last night, we had a wine pairing in Ellensburg. And one of the flavors, which is my favorite, is honey goat cheese fig. And... Um... <laughs> Um, and it is, it's very good if you like goat cheese. In I do. Okay, I do. Good. And I, you know, it's, I'm thinking about it, though, in a 
a cookie, if you will. That's yeah. what I'm kind of like, it, huh. Yeah. Okay. We mix our buttercream with um, honey, and then we also mix it with the goat cheese in there. And then um, we fill the macaron, then we add a dollop of fig jam. And, um, and it's very good. A lot of people love it. Um, people... Uh, order it all the time so i usually have it every week um and it's so funny because people either really love goat cheese or they just do not like goat cheese at all i i I like (laughs) and so this one is it's very good uh that's one of our or one of my favorites so i love that one let me ask you this question have when you were testing recipes like ideas putting things together like honey goat cheese fig hmm did anything sound good in theory? And then, <laughs> you know, this just didn't work. Yeah, there was one I did and my husband just always has to remind me. So one time I did um, an everything bagel one. <laughs> everything bagel macaroni. Yeah. And so I would put, mm. you know, on the shell, I put the everything bagel seasoning and then I'd put like this cream cheese um, filling in it with everything bagel. And my husband goes, remember when that didn't sell that well? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I remember. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the everything bagel one was not up to standards. Okay. What is your best selling macaron? We have- What's the one that, what, what are people gravitate towards so we have about probably six flavors that people i, I okay. always have at the market and okay. our ellensburg markets next week so um we'll have these next week um a lot of people get s'mores so we we put chocolate ganache in there with like a homemade marshmallow fluff and we toast it that's a good one um creme brulee we put like a uh, a filling in there and on top we put sugar and we torch it so like both of them have this like toasted taste i'm raising my hand to interrupt you oh you, no it's no okay. one can see this but i'm raising my hand <laughs> your your torching individual <laughs> how much labor is going into one of these little things there is a lot of labor and love into them um you, you are- gotta understand that i'm sitting here going you know i'm thinking you're holding a little like food torch yeah you know it's not that hard it's really not that bad like especially when like you have so much muscle memory it just like it's it's so mindless (laughs) okay (laughs) and actually we have a huge torch because we torch so many (laughs) not at one i mean are you torching more than one at a time yeah so we're just like like a like a big mine um so those are like one of the top ones that a lot of people get so s'mores creme brulee honey lavender i hate honey lavender because i don't like the taste of it but for some reason everyone loves lavender (laughs) yeah honey lavender is a pretty popular combo in a lot of things okay yeah um that one i'm trying to think we do a lemon one a lot of people like lemon um and strawberry cheesecake, because I love anything that's cheesecake. So we just put okay. like a cheesecake filling with a dollop of strawberry jam, and it tastes so good. Okay. Yeah. Are you still doing? Um, I saw here. Well, f- before I go there, why why I look it up again? How did you come up with the name Lemon Time? Oh my what god! The- uh, well, it was more like I need to make up a name. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I have no idea what to make up. So lemons make me very happy. Like, I don't know why the color makes me happy. The smell, okay. anything citrus. And to be honest, I don't know why I named it Lemon Time Macarons. I just thought it would be a unique name because um, okay. I didn't want to have the same name as everyone else. So it kind of just worked out, but mostly because lemons make me happy and I couldn't find another name. <laughs> Isn't that fun? It's your company. You can call it what you want. Yeah. You know, everyone asked me because the, the name of our company is called T212 Media and, and everyone's like, what, what does that mean? And there's a, there's a, there's a meaning to me in the background and I explain it to people and they're like, I don't get it. And then I, you don't have to, it's for me. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm looking and this post is back from 2018. So this is, you know, yeah. almost four years ago. Yeah. The charcoal. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I, so I do a lot of custom orders. Um, mm -hmm. so that specific order I remember cause she wanted me to put charcoal powder in there and then I put some charcoal stuff in the buttercream or whatever um there was a new restaurant opening up in town called the coal shoe in roslyn which is just down the street and she just opened and so one of my clients was like i really want to make macarons for her and you know what awesome way it would be like because their name is the coal shoot um mm -hmm. to make like uh coal ma uh you know charcoal macarons and so that's pretty much what i did and so uh, i thought that was a really fun project to do how were they received because they're a little, they're, they're a little weird looking. I mean, they're cool, but they're they just like. They are weird. But, you know, but somebody might go, ooh. But I think in this photograph, they're they're very cool. Yeah. How were they received? They were, they were received well. I mean, I, okay. I think usually what I do is, um, uh, so when I, uh, when I make uh, macarons for clients, you know, I just give it to them and then I never hear any feedback after that okay. <laughs> which okay. you know, it could be a good or bad thing um uh but i'm pretty sure they enjoyed it <laughs> okay so you've mentioned the ellensburg farmer's market a couple times you've mentioned the roslyn farmer's market mm -hmm. uh where, do you do any other farmer's markets we did um in 2020 we did snohomish for mm -hmm. a while and that's if anyone doesn't know the distance roslyn to snohomish is like an hour and 45 minutes um which i drove you must drive really fast <laughs> yeah Just putting that out there um i was doing that because roslyn market was closed for 2020 and the roslyn market closed for two years so mm. um and a lot of my sales um at the time was based off these markets. Um, and so we did that. I had to stop doing that because we have the trailer, but it was a very, if anybody goes to the Snohomish market, it's a great market. And whoever wants to be a vendor, um, the market manager is highly organized and very good. So I, I really, I really enjoyed going there. Okay. Yeah. Where else can people find your macarons? Um, well, first they could find it at our trailer, which is in Roslyn. Um, and then they could also find the macarons. Um, we just started uh, wholesaling to a coffee company in Ellensburg called um, 1883 Coffee Company. Um, she's really one of my good friends. And um, she... Um, yeah, she has like a, it's almost like a drive through coffee shop. Mm -hmm. And so she'll sell macarons and stuff like that in Ellensburg. And then they can also find it at our Ellensburg Farmer's Market on Saturdays. Um, usually the market goes from May through October. Okay. Yeah. 
So when you're not baking, <laughs> and when you're not you're making purple yam jam and uh, things like that, what do you like to do for, what have you found that's fun for you in Roslyn, in the, in the area in general? What do you like to do? Um, so in Roslyn, my husband and I go on a lot of walks. Uh, we do like walking. Um, and it's so funny because when I tell people like they should go to the Roslyn Cemetery, they look at me weird. I'm like, but I promise it's amazing. It's historic. Um, I, from what I know is that the Roslyn, like back then they did, a uh, the Roslyn Cemetery was, they buried everyone by race because of the language barriers and everything um it's very quiet and serene so um i like to walk a lot um especially on a really good day which is a really good day um in roslyn that's pretty much what i do where i just uh you know eat our eat at our local spots (laughs) so so Let's say I'm coming up to Rosalind and I'm going to grab lunch. Where should I grab lunch in Rosalind? Oh, there's so many recommendations I have. Um, so let's see. Where do I always go? Okay. So there is the Rosalind Cafe, which um, they just switched new owners a couple of years ago. And they are so solid, super, super good. They have like house-made fries, house-made French fry sauce. Um, their burgers are amazing. I usually get their French fries and their lamb burger. Um, they always have like lots of specials there. So I go there. The second place I go to is uh, the Roslyn Mexican Grill, which um, it's not just like a, well, it's not, it's not that taqueria is bad, but it's, it's not like a taqueria food where it's just like, you know, small tacos. It's like um, their theme is like Aztec food. Uh, okay. So, um, they yeah they have really good mexican food they have like ahi tuna um they usually have like uh mole do you know what mole is no i do not <laughs> it's like a i think it's like a dark sauce it's a dark sweet oh, sauce. oh, oh yeah. yeah i do yeah, yeah, yeah they okay. have like mole and um you know and so those are the two places i just love going to and i tell people like you should go here if you like are really hungry and their portion sizes too are like the best so yeah what if i go to cleon what are you recommending in cleon oh oh my gosh we just went to like good restaurant there the other day um well whenever i tell people when they go to cleon um i tell them to go obviously to the cleon bakery and i know it's not a restaurant but it's it's so good um and they've been i believe they've been baking the donuts for since like the 1900s or something and um or for a long time. I'm so sorry if I got those dates wrong, but that's, I know they've okay. been baking for a long time and it's really good. And across from there's Owen's Meats, which I think most people know what it is. Um, and um, I always get their bacon and they slice it for me. And it's it's, it's like a wonderful meat market. Um, in terms of like a restaurant, um, me and my husband, there's a new, I think new owners and it's called the Caboose the mm-hmm. and yeah. they before it was older and when i went there i was like me <laughs> like you know it's, but then since they kind of revamped it and redid it um my husband and i went there the other day um we got a burger and onion rings and um the burger was so good it was toasted and the burger was juicy and so i'm pretty impressed by their food <laughs> okay. and okay. yeah so cleolum I, I feel like cleolum is growing and so many ways and they're having new restaurants and shops pop up well there's that new high-end um teriyaki place going in on the roof yes i just got some takeout there the other day 
Oh, you did. So it's open. It's open, I think, for takeout. And how was it? Um, it was good. Uh, it wasn't like your typical, because I be I believe that the chef that owns it is Japanese. Yes. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't like your typical like you go to your teriyaki place and like the teriyaki right. sauce is like super thick. Um, right. I loved the sauce. I loved that um, they had this like cucumbered like salad, which was really good. Um, just okay. reminded me of like an Asian cucumber salad. Um, and so um, I believe it was it was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah. That there's there's been a lot of hype about that. Um, yeah. That restaurant and you know what the rooftop setting it's going to do and. Yeah. Um, have you been to Orchard? Um, you know, it's so funny. I only went to Orchard once and that was okay. when um that was when they first opened. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I told my husband I was like we should totally go back and try it. Like just yeah. just because. Yeah. I've not tried that one. Uh, that's I have, I have a good friend of mine lives in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, they're like, "We should go there." I'm like, "Okay." Just, <laughs> that's not a place I've I've hit. Yeah, yeah. So what didn't I ask you that I should have? We, we've talked about macarons. We've talked about coffee. So, you know, we've talked food and coffee, so I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, but what didn't I ask you that I should have? I'm trying to think. I mean, I can't think of any. Uh... Oh, I, I know what I need to ask you. So oh, okay. What's, what's <laughs> okay. next? What's on the horizon? What are you going to, do you got any anything in the works that you can talk about? Ah. Uh... I don't necessarily have uh, anything in the works right now. I think I, I more I mostly just have um, like so in terms of like uh, usually every season we create like a new menu, you mm-hmm. know, in the theme of summer. So we're probably gonna have like more like summer theme theme drinks like um, honey lavender or not honey lavender like lavender lemonade and stuff Mm -hmm. and so the good thing about our lemonades is that they're like freshly squeezed so we have like a machine that squeezes them um it's just because i i'm obsessed with two things lemonade and hot chocolate (laughs) and i'm very passionate about it just because i I want it to be good and so uh that's that's kind of like in the works right now just creating our summer menu and um figuring out like good flavors and in par with the summer Okay. Yeah. All right. Now back to my question of what didn't I ask you? Ah, uh, oh, I know how we make our hot chocolates. Cause that's something I oh. should talk about. Um, Let's do. yeah. So our hot chocolate is a house made hot chocolate, uh, house made uh, chocolate sauce. So we mm-hmm. have this secret recipe and, um, and I think it's just because I didn't want to go to the route of, which isn't bad. Um, the route of you know Gerardelli's and you just like pump it and all mm-hmm. that stuff but including with our hot chocolate it's a very um, fancy hot chocolate because not only is the hot chocolate sauce house made but we also buy um, homemade marshmallows from a company called XO Marshmallow so we put those marshmallows on top and we toast them with <laughs> with the torch so it's like this like magical goodness of hot chocolate um and so so yeah that's uh that i I feel like that makes us a little bit more distinct so yeah okay Okay, yeah no i mean that's so you're obviously you know putting care and uh, effort into everything you're 
you're providing to the public. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And what hours is the is the trailer open? Um, usually we open Wednesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, okay. In the summer, we're probably going to, um, which I'm still working out, because uh, it always depends on, you know, the slow times and stuff. Uh, we're probably going to open um, later just because it's summer. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But right okay. now it's just Wednesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Okay. My last question to you is share with our audience a secret about Rosalind that they won't know. Sorry, I have to think about it. <laughs> it's okay. I just sprung that on you. It's completely yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I know it. Hmm. I know, I guess, I know it's so silly, but uh, uh, I guess it's not really a secret, though. But um, the community, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of, um, how people, um, how Roslyn is, is because of everyone in our community um, in terms of um, helping it. And obviously, you don't see that, like in cities and stuff, but it, I guess that's, I guess that's like the secret. So okay, yeah. community. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and chat with me today. Um, and being patient with our, uh, technical difficulties to get started. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got through it. We got through it. Nobody needs to know, but we got through it. Um, so, um, I'm looking forward to getting up to Rosalind one of these afternoons and, uh, saying hello in person and, uh, uh Cuban coffee. Yeah, maybe let me try some of that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much. All right, thanks. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State Podcast.